Welcome to the Venga Boys Review Public Transport. This is four men occasionally laugh at each other's jokes, but only as part of some weird power game. This is Brian Woos. I'm Brian, and may I ask what you've done with your face today? Because it's looking lovely. If I had a dentist uh, sitting in my office, I, I would look at them and I would say, what's happening with your mouth? How about you? Why don't you open up for me? I'm ready to look in. You don't have to look in here. I will look in there. And I would be pointing at their mouth when I was talking, when I was saying there. And I would be pointing at my own mouth when I was saying here. It's as simple as that. A clip there from the six-part podcast event series, Dentists. What are they and how to stop them? Hello and welcome to the Soundy Podcast. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of Soundy Pink, the company behind 1,603 podcasts of award-winning quality, even if they haven't actually won any awards. They could have, is what I'm saying. And should they have? Yes. Well, let... let I mean, let... let mm. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here. This weekend, just gone, saw the annual Goody Goody Pod Pod Award Ceremony, and our podcasts, although they led the nominations, didn't win in a single category. Not a single one. Even Crab Slag, which was up for the main award, Poddiest Cast, didn't win a thing. I mean, look, awards don't mean anything, but, uh, I mean, seriously, honestly, what? You know, what? I mean... Yeah, what? I, 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 I'm fine about it. I won't go on about it. No, Crab Slag is brilliant. It's a podcast where people slag off crabs. It's great. F***ing hell. What do you have to do? This is our weekly taste pod, where we give you a taste of some of our terrific, absolutely brilliant, completely unawarded podcasts. Podcasts like this one. It's a private place for me, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. So as you can tell, I've got my duvet cover here that's got the famous top hat on it, which all magicians have, with a rabbit coming out the top and a wand and a card. Personally, I don't do anything with rabbits. I think it's cruel. I think rabbits have done enough for us to entertain us over the years. Let's give them a break. Maybe they can sit and enjoy the show. So I've got that duvet. And then over here is my disappearing compartment. And that's my bedroom. A clip there from This Is Where The Magic Happens, the podcast that pulls back the curtain on magicians' bedrooms. And coming up later, we've got an exclusive clip from our new podcast, This Is Where, This Is Where The Magic Happens Happens, the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the making of the podcast that pulls back the curtain on magicians' bedrooms. Actually, we might as well just play that now. And then over here is my um, disappearing compartment. Okay. Um, could you, uh, just so we have it for the VT, could you say, and that's my bedroom, or something like that? And that's my bedroom. We have a new podcast series starting this week, Documentaries About Things. In Documentaries About Things, documentarian Jimmy Eyelid makes documentaries about things. I think it's excellent, so it will almost certainly be snubbed for an award at next year's Baddy Baddy Pod Pods, which is what I've started calling the Goody Goody Pod Pods in an attempt to undermine them. Why not have a listen, as if anything matters?
documentarian Jimmy Eyelid, and this is an extract from Documentaries About Things. I never thought I'd have a pet. I wasn't particularly kind of interested in having a pet. It kind of just happened. The pet was there when I moved in. And, you know, it's a bit different. It's not, um, you know, like your, your normal average pet. It's not a cat or a, a dog in that respect. Um, you know, it's a, a 17th century butler, which just happened to be uh, still around in the house. Uh, I guess hasn't, you know, hasn't made it to wherever it needs to go, and it's just kind of wandering around the corridors. But um, he's he's very uh, he's very friendly. This documentary about things is a documentary about people who keep ghosts as pets. I travelled to the London borough of Bromley to look into the growing trend, and I spoke to Eduardo Feast. So the great things about um, having a pet as a ghost is that literally they need uh, no food at all because they're an ethereal spirit trapped in purgatory uh, to, to forever remain on Earth. Um, so it's very cheap, actually. It looks a little bit weird when I'm just kind of, you know, holding a leash, no one else can see him. So it does kind of look like I'm just walking a, a, a leash. So I've had some funny looks, but I'll just let him out in the, the back garden. And, uh, you know, he just does this thing, like, ooh, um, out in the back garden, an hour a day, and he's fine, really. But some other Bromley pet owners aren't happy, like dog owner Sal McCarthy. I don't think that he should be in the park at all. It's actually really intimidating, don't you think, to have a ghost wandering about, a butler? Like, you know? Don't they have their own, like, ghost parks or something? Like, why do they have to come into our parks and, and terrify our dogs? My dog's not going to stop pissing now. Like, he'll just be too scared. I mean, I do appreciate that the undead need to hang about, but I thought there'd be loads of graveyards or somewhere else they could play fetch, you know, with their pets or some kind of contained space, you know? What happens if a kid comes through here and, like, sees that, just starts howling, scared, you know? The question I'm asking is this question. We've all heard of ghost trains, but how possible is it to train a ghost? We've kind of worked on a few things in terms of boundaries and uh, personal space, and he kind of knows now not to uh, stand over me when I'm sleeping, and he keeps more to the um, upstairs attic now. I asked Eduardo Feast if he had any advice for any listeners thinking of getting any ghosts themselves think long and hard about it you know ghost isn't just for christmas that that was just scrooge but actually most people a ghost is a lifelong commitment and they will be there till you die and so i would think you know do you want that in your life do do you want a ghost kind of um essentially haunting you um until you die and uh, if you do then great but it may not be that easy. The local council have announced plans which may make ghost ownership a lot harder. Hello, my name's Marine Bystander and I am an exorcist for Bromley and Bexley councils. Um, I work in conjunction with both boroughs. How did you get that job? There was an interview, there was references and then there was the seance. 
And that was the part that I felt I really aced because when I did summon the demons, I know that they had other candidates who perhaps responded to them without the appropriate professional tone. Whereas when I summoned the demon, they knew I was from the council. They knew that I wasn't here to muck about. The council have put together plans to do a borough-wide exorcism. So what would you say to the ghost-owning families who will be affected by this move? You should be glad that this service has not been cut. Look at the boroughs. I could list them all. The borough of Croydon, the borough of Brent, the borough of Havering. That's just three. They've all had their exorcism budget slashed. Now, I'm, I'm going to shock you. Slashed to 0%, 100% cuts of exorcism. So it's all well and good to say, oh, we loved that ghost of an old man. He was with us 20 years. He was lovely. We miss him. The council destroyed him in a puff of sulfuric uh, ash. Oh, oh, you know, I'm angry. Well, you should count your lucky stars you're not living in the borough of Havering because you would not have had the opportunity for that to happen if that was the case. So, lots of spirited opinion. But for the final word, I'll leave you with Abigail Monroe. You know, I'm just saying that ghosts aren't always a bad presence in your life. Sometimes they can be the best orgasms you've ever had. Thanks to Jimmy Eyelid for that. Now, here's a clip from Jesus, That Dog's Pretty, the makeup podcast for dogs. We touch on this every now and then. If you want to give your dog lips, mm. it's not as hard as you'd think. No. The inside not. of the dog's mouth is lip coloured. You can just use that. You've just got to fold it. I can recommend a wonderful book on origami. We'll put that in the in the, in, in the information up on the information. Uh, in, in the information. But yeah, get a book on origami and just apply it to the dog's mouth. Use it folding. And you don't need to use any adhesive. If you fold it right and you tuck it right, it will hold itself. I swear that's, by it. That's great. It. That's absolutely great, Liz. And I, and I did with my own dog, Gillian. I took Gillian to the park uh, mm. and uh, walking along. Do you know what Gillian did? She went and she, went and she ate a wasp by accident. Oh, no. I know. And I was terrified. But I tell you what, when that wasp was in, in, in Gillian's mouth, it sting did something. Everything was inflamed completely. Right. And I took her to the vet and I said to the vet, would it be all right to just not give the antihistamine quite yet? Because this is a look that I think Gillian holds very well. Oh, right. Puffy yeah. lips, almost, t- you know, towie level of lip. Can't uh, do and, um, Essex for those. I'll be honest, I said, Jesus, that dog's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did, I bet you I did. I did, Leslie. Oh. I said it out loud and the vet said, is that your podcast? And I said, yes. Well, it's and not because said, it's not well, quite, it's, Jesus, that dog's pretty is the podcast. Oh, similar. sorry. What did I say? You said beautiful, and I, oh, sorry. I, I'm not. No, I don't. I mean, it's not a criticism. I actually just felt quite sad because I thought, I think Jesus, that dog's beautiful, is a better name. It's possible, of course, that a podcast called Jesus, that dog's beautiful would have brought home an award, but let's not dwell on that. In Britain's biggest bastards, people tell us the stories of the biggest bastards Britain has ever seen. This week's episode marks something of a departure for the show. It's the first time someone has put themselves forward as a candidate for consideration. Let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Craig McAlpine. Welcome to Britain's Biggest Bastards with me, one of Britain's biggest bastards, if not the biggest bastard. 
I refuse to feel remorse. You know, there's a tiny little twinge where I think, oh, I should feel some sort of contrition about that, but I can and I won't. So I remember I was driving my me, me friend's son to school and he absolutely loves his Paw Patrol and I took the Paw Patrol annual off him and I just threw it out of a moving car. And that, to me, that I'd done that before breakfast. I hadn't even eaten. I was doing that on an empty stomach. That's the kind of stuff I'm capable of. I've got absolutely nothing against Paw Patrol. It's a very, very well-branded children's TV show and it seems to do the job, it seems to do the trick, but there was just something about throwing that book out of a moving car like it with Frisbee and seeing it explode against a hedge that made me think, you know what, I was born to be a bastard. I was absolutely born for this and if you could stop me from being a bastard, you'd take away the animal instinct which makes me so special as a man. I will routinely just pour somebody's wine onto the pavement. I often tell people who've had their hair cut that they look bad. I often tell people who've got acne that there's simply nothing they can do about it, even though I know for a fact that's not true, because I had acne myself late teens, early 20s. Very, very sensitive time for me. Maybe that's why I'm a bastard. Who knows? And you know what? To all those listeners who are out there right now listening on their devices, iPads, iPhones, Samsung Galaxy, if that floats you ball, I hope you all... I hope you all get terrible asthma and stress-related eczema. There. Britain's biggest bastards there. <laughs> we should make an episode about the baddie baddie pod pods judges. <laughs> I mean, that's a joke, obviously. It's all political. Crab slag. Can you believe it? I said that to Dawny, my assistant. I said, Dawny, don't cry. It's all political. You know what she said? She said, I've literally only come to this award ceremony for the free booze, and I'm crying because there isn't any. I said, There's free breadsticks. Then she threatened to shove a free breadstick up my urethra if I didn't shut up, which seemed a bit much. You're listening to Soundheap. Soundheap, taking your ears and putting them somewhere. Now, I sometimes get a searing pain in the left ankle as you look at me if you're in front of me in the bad weather. And I know that then I get a message through that pain. If I sit with the pain, if I, you know, try if I take an Advil or something, no. But if I sit with the pain and hear the pain and listen to the pain and connect with the pain, then I'll get a message. And I got a very clear message from David Cassidy. If I get, it's got to be exactly one million retweets. That's when he will understand that human beings are serious about climate change and he will bring an end to climate change and a beginning to a thousand-year reign of peace and temperate climes. That was a clip from I've Really Bloody Gone and Lost It Now with Jermaine Greer. Now here's a clip from the podcast Golf Cartoons Described with Gerald Fortnight and Anthony Sand. So there's a two elderly gentlemen uh, they're both on, they're on the golf uh, on the golf green. Uh, one of them saying, that "My old eyes aren't what they used to be." Oh wait, 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 wait! What? One of them D- saying, "Have you what- begun?" Yes, yes, yes. This is the cartoon. I this thought you the- were describing us. No, no, no. I'm describing the cartoon 
But do, that's, oh, these lovely. gentlemen do look like us, the elderly gentlemen. One of the Is same. it in colour? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Um, he's wearing a, a, an orange jacket, and the other one's wearing a red sort of vest over a white long-sleeved uh, top of some kind. It doesn't appear to have cuffs, so I assume it's well, not Well, that wouldn't be us. No, no, it's not us. One of them saying to the other one, my old eyes aren't what they used to be. <laughs> Did you see where my ball went? And then the other oh, one yes. saying, um, yes, but I can't remember. <laughs> right. And then what's the last What's the last one? No, that no, no, no. That's it. It's because they're they're old. Oh. So one of their memories well, I... is going, and the other one's eyes are not in very good shape. And you right. think? I don't think that's very fair. Well, no, I. Mean, I, 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 I no, would I, say my memory's going. No, I, it, it's not. It's not about us. You know, it's just. It was funny that it that remind me, us of us of us. <laughs> But they're not actually. It's not a satirical piece on us. It's just some, you know, uh, old codgers. Um, oh, who who are they then? Well, no, they're they're fictional. It's a cartoon. Oh right. Oh, like a like in a book. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. This is a book of of golf cartoons. Um, oh, brilliant! Where did you get it? Well, it was a gift from my daughter, I think. Oh, how is she? Um, She's very well. No, she's very well, actually. Um, she's just, does she, she still does she still teach at the convent? No, 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 no. That's my other daughter. No, the the daughter I'm talking about. She's moved to Mexico. She's got married to a Mexican man. Um, oh, and is uh, I didn't know you could do that. No, yes, yes, yes. It's perfectly. Um, it's quite common. I think there's quite a few people in Mexico these days. So, um, what, what, I think uh, if I'd known. That that yes. was all right. I I probably wouldn't. I would have thought about it as so. You just you just go to Mexico and yes. you marry. Did they meet out there, or did they meet here? No, no, no they met. Um, I think actually they met in in uh, in in Florida. Oh. but they moved to Mexico. I, 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 she was she was in Florida. And he's for from a little Mexico. Holiday. Yes, he's a Mexican man. Yes, he's very oh, nice. So lovely. Very nice. Well, I've always I've been very fond of them. Yes, I don't know what the golf situation. Oh, wait, 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 let's bring me back to this. Um, the uh, I'd read another one. Uh, we uh, mustn't right. forget what we're here for. Sorry, sorry. And uh, can I just say it was lovely to hear about your family in that last one. Buried alive, the reaper's side, wasps in a hive. Dying alone, a terrible old crow. Granny's on the phone. Reasons to be fearful. Part eighty-five. Reasons to be fearful, part 85. Oh, yeah. Hello, I'm Ed Miliband, and this week my reason to be fearful is eggs. You can never be sure what's in them until you crack them. One could be full of spiders, or a tiny ghost. All the best, Ed. Buried alive, the reaper's side, wasps in a hive. Dying alone, a terrible old crow, granny's on the phone. Reasons to be fearful, part 85. Reasons to be fearful, part 85. Oh, yeah. That was a clip from Reasons to be Fearful with Ed Miliband. That lost out in the best podcast featuring a former political party leader category. Can you believe it? The winner was the Lobe Leaper Podcast Network's Phrase and Fable with Servants Cable. 
I mean, Sir Vince Cable wouldn't know a phrase if it hit him in the face, which is ironic, isn't it? Because if it hit him in the face is a phrase. Now a bit of exciting news. Soundheap is proud to launch our brand new podcast, Top Secrets for Top Bananas. It's our first and maybe the first podcast made by two serving FBI agents, and it's guaranteed to be full of top gossip, salacious tidbits and classified information. I was there and uh, I dropped my briefcase in the river and uh, that is a top tip for a top banana. Do not drop your briefcase in the river (laughs) because... Oh boy, that that Berlin River. Yeah, we'll put the sound effect on in the edit there. The uh, the the top tip, the because that is a do not drop. When you meet another spy on a bench, do not drop that briefcase in the river. No, you'll you'll lose the micro dot, Mm. and it's not even the Cold War anymore. And I lost the micro dot, and um, boy, did I get a reaming from the higher ups. I got knocked back down to major. I was a major major before that. Well, this is the other. This is the thing about the micro dot. It's it's very small, it's you know. So it's not small. a it's not a macro dot, is it? It's not a like a gigantic dot. There is only so many ducks you can turn upside down before mm-hmm. you start getting weird looks from locals, you know. Mm-hmm. And boy, uh, gee, Willie, the, the those locals in Berlin—they're weird. They've got a whole park where they lie around nude. I stayed there for three weeks, just observing. <laughs> Top Secrets for Top Bananas is everything you could want from a podcast, and we've just been informed that we're banned from sharing it by the American government. So this week just gets better and better. I'm being sarcastic when I say that. In fact, it gets worse and worse. So, right, this is the big thing. I've just received an anonymous email saying one of the judges on this year's Baddy Baddy Pod Pods panel is a crab. His name is Mr. A. Clawman, and apparently, get this, he did not recuse himself from voting for the categories Crab Slag was nominated in. And Crab Slag is a podcast which slags off crabs. I mean, that's a clear conflict of interests. A crab should not be allowed to vote on a podcast which is by its nature anti-crab. The crab can't see it in an unbiased way. It's a stitch-up. I also think, you know, that that crab, knowing we make crab slag, may have deliberately turned the judges against all our other podcasts. Anyway. I mean, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Put together a podcast about how great crabs are to put us in with a shouting chance for next year? I mean... That's not a bad idea, actually. You're listening to Soundheap. Soundheap, a podcast network of award-winning quality which, despite that, hasn't yet won any awards. If you're listening to this, why not follow us on Twitter at SoundTeepInc, where we tweet. Tweeting is like podcasting, but smaller and in writing. Um, The first time I visited, I was kind of nervous because, like, I'd heard things about it. And I'd also, like, like, literally heard it because when you walk past, you can hear it. So I'd heard a lot about it, but, you know, and I'd heard they were really welcoming, but, you know, you just never know. But from the moment I walked in, it was like I was enveloped by this really warm feeling. And I mean, partly it is like a very warm church because, you know, it's not just warm in your heart. It's also just ambiently warm. I do not believe that my lord and savior jesus christ would have said it's okay if you stink and that church stank 
A clip there from this week's Untold Stories Told. Farting for Jesus, a most peculiar church. And if you enjoy investigative podcasting, you might enjoy our new podcast, Quackers for Croissants, the bakery secretly run by ducks. I mean, I grew up in quite like a, I would say, isolated community. It was a very small village and, you know, so we were the only, it was, there was no, it wasn't like a diverse place. And so I feel like I'm still learning about different types of people. And when I went in the first time and at the counter was, was a duck, I just, I guess I thought like, that's what people look like around here. Who am I to judge? Um... You know, yeah, they do look like ducks, but that... I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff. It obviously had an apron on and a hat and those kind of plasticky gloves were sort of um, over its wings, which is good for hygiene. Um, But yeah, it it, it had like a kind of comical handlebar moustache, which I don't know how... it, It didn't... You know, the reason it didn't really, now that I think about it, the reason it wasn't that um, convincing was because it had been attached to, like, the top of the flat bit of the beak, because you can't really stick it on the end of a beak. Um, so, I guess you feel, you do, you do feel stupid in, in, in retrospect, but at the time, you know, either it's a bakery run by ducks, or I'm mad. You know, now, which of those is more likely? Could be either. So I just, you know, waited it out. Uh, the bread was really good. You know, they, they knew what they were doing. So I didn't really see what the issue was. You know, if it's it's one of those things that I think, um, again, it's been blown out of proportion and, and, and people are just saying... This shouldn't be... It's so tricky and it's like, does the bread taste good? The bread tastes good. Yeah, I'm going to keep shopping there, basically, yeah. I don't want to get too, like, political about the whole thing. It's nearly time to say boop boop, but first we've just got time for our punch out. And this week we've got a real treat for you. It's a brand new show to the Santeep family, which we put together just a couple of minutes ago. Before we play it, I'd just like to say to the goody goody pod pods organisers, let's let bygones be bygones and look forward to next year. Here's our brand new show, Crab Praise. Somebody's got to speak out in defence of crabs because there's not enough people talking about how fantastic they are. Absolutely always been a fan of crabs ever since I was a tiny little baby. It might be because I was brought up uh, with crabs. My mother was an enormous uh, fan and uh, expert upon crabs and it can only have rubbed off and as far as I'm concerned the world could be destroyed and the only thing that would be the sad thing about that would be the fact that there would be the non-existence of crabs after. Crabs are so good that they've evolved separately from different things. What a great thing. I mean, crabs. Sometimes you know you're going to need a lobster, but you don't have the space. Um, So in those situations, that's when I reach for the crab. They are such reliable pets, crabs, and 
they just they just get you, you know, they just get you. Like a dog, but better. I'll never forget this story my old man told me, right? He's in Dunkirk. Him and all his men, they're panicking. They don't know what to do. They're stranded. And they suddenly, I see over this sand dune, a load of crabs coming over it and looking at them. He said there must have been like about seven or eight of them. And they knew everything was going to be all right. When I first saw a crab, it was scary. I thought it was a walking orange cake. And then I realised it was alive. It had eyes. And now I love them. A crab saved my son's life. I'm not going to get into how, but let's just say I'm internally grateful. Basically, I like them because you can eat them, but they're also scissors. Of all the species on planet Earth, I am the most jealous of crabs. For aesthetic reasons, obviously. We all know they're really fucking sexy. Um, I suppose um, I, I would say that I mostly have an emotional connection with crabs. I find crabs comforting. I find them uh, full of wisdom. Uh, many of my life choices have been uh, made after uh, consulting crabs, uh, which uh, I have inferred what they are telling me about uh, important choices that I have to make uh, from the waving of their claws uh, and the, the bubbles that come out of their little mouths at the front. Yeah, you always know where you are with a crab. Unless you're in front of them. Do I love crabs? Of course I do. What kind of question is that? My dad is a crab. I come from a long line of crabs. Hardened, wise, strong-willed family of crabs. I've always loved crabs ever since I was gifted 100 live crabs by the member Blackpool. You know when you're going through a drive-thru and you pay, you go to pay, and they say, oh no, it's been paid for by the car in front. And I looked up, and the license plate was C-R-A-B-1. Now, I couldn't see the driver, maybe it was a human, but my instinct tells me that was a crab. The thing many people don't realize about crabs is that they are truly non-racist. In fact, they can be described as anti-racist. Presumably, most of you already know the crabs are literally the greatest thing this world's ever seen. I think the best thing about crabs is that they're symmetrical, but at the same time, really, really hard and dangerous. It's probably why I took up the, the castanets. Castanetas? Castanets. Let's call them that. The, the woody, clippy things. Yeah, I think I really, I only really got into that after seeing crabs, you know, and then, and then I had a very long and fabulous career playing in a band. I, I left my wife. Um, I uh, attempted to uh, assassinate several uh, Democratic, uh, Republican uh, and independent senators in America. Uh, all because of uh, what a crab said to me due to the 17 bubbles coming out of its mouth uh, on a Tuesday evening. I just think crabs are a great branding exercise. We all know they don't exist. Everyone knows they've never existed. But we still sort of believe in them. And that's, it's just very clever. I just think the crabs thing is very clever, you know? I find that they're uh, enormously good at uh, the pr 
preparatory uh, uh, procedure uh, of, of laundering uh, all of my smalls, um, they, uh, they tend to uh, walk all over them and soften them up, uh, which uh, results in uh, a more complete and satisfying uh, finish uh, when they have been through the laundering process. But, but if you don't mind me saying so, not very good at folding. Crabs are not they're very terrible good at folding. At folding <laughs> but, uh, and they're absolutely <laughs> awful at folding. You can't even teach them to fold. Oh, folding we love, crabs. We, we love them anyway. We do love them anyway. <laughs> crabs are brilliant. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Alexis Dubas, Alice Fraser, Athena Kublenu, Bilal Zafar, Carrie Ad Lloyd, Charlie George, Deborah Francis White, Ed Morish, Eleanor Morton, Ellis James, Erin McGathy, Gareth Gwynn, Izzy Sutty, Johnny Donahoe, Josie Long, Jos Norris, Catherine Parkinson, Katie Brand, Ken Cheng, Kevin Eldon, Kieran Hodgson, Margaret Cabon-Smith, Mark Watson, Paddy Jervers, Pippa Evans, River Hall, Ruth Bratt, Simon Ferdos, Sammy Shah, Suze Kempner, Stuart Laws, Tom Tuck, The Delightful Sausage, Tom Allen, Tom Neenan, Tom Tetzel and Tucson Douglas. The original music was by Paddy Jervers and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass and the producer was Ed Morrish. Soundheap is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop.